Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Rolls on. Third hour of our five-hour morning conversation. It's every day, all day. Or all morning, all every day. Five days a week. Five hours a day. 25 hours a week right here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Uh, In-depth, but informative Longhorn conversation. In-depth, informative Creed conversation with Ty. Hey, now. Also baseball. Looking forward to the Astros. Remember, Astros are where they're comfortable Go tonight, Rod. They're on the road. They're on the road. And the villains, baby. <laughs> Got out of Minute Maid Park. They get to get booed. Mm-hmm. And they, they're 52-31 and 31 on the road this year. Rangers are back home where they've been very good. The Gilf. At the Gilf with a chance to advance to the ALCS for the first time since 2011. Nice. I play we've good, been, we've too. Been, uh, we've been it's angling fun. for an Astros-Rangers series all during the regular season. How much fun would it be if we could get Astros-Rangers in a seven-game ALCS? That'd be get fantastic. Your, get your popcorn ready. It's, and get your creed ready. Uh, get your creed ready. Oh, How about man. that creed? Rangers what if they showed up? Hmm? Scott Stapp. I know. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, they got to be the... trending now. Look, they, as only creed trends a lot. They, they they do more than you think. I'm sure. We're talking about right now on Twitter. They're trending because of because the, all the stories about creed and all the different sports sites are putting out the creed Ranger story. That would hype me up. That's what I'm saying. So I, I know they, if you're yeah, if you're a creed, if you're, you're a kind creed, of off the radar. You got to kind of take the opportunity. Yes, if you're a creed <laughs> fan. I'm sure on your timeline you got creed stuff galore. Where creed's touring, where they at? Most of us have no idea what the hell creed's doing right now. This, you know, I mean, at this stage in their career, if they're even still touring, are they still touring? Um, but I if, don't. I don't. If I'm the publicist for Creed, I'm like hitting these guys up, like, "Hey, man, now is the time. We got to capitalize because if we get you trending, and there's always a connection between." Uh, like virality, uh, something going viral, and like artists and their music becoming popular again on Apple Music. You go look at usually there's a like Britney Spears when she had the Victor Wimbenyama thing, then Britney Music starts trending again on Apple Music and people start looking up Britney Music all of a sudden. And if you're Creed, you got to take advantage of this moment. What's the next time you go start trending again? Come on. Yeah, you got to. Got to. And you've been, you, did, you played at the Cowboys game. You can, you're you're oh, yeah. familiar with Arlington and the greater That's Arlington true. area. The fans know you about you anyway. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I'm telling you, Creed, I'm with you, Todd. Creed should show up to one of these Rangers games. There's no way they'd lose. In the playoffs. They showed up. They'd be all. Oh, they just showed up like just in the seat in the stands, like just hanging no, out. Close game, going in the seventh inning instead of the seventh inning stretch. You just get Creed to come out and play it, play, <laughs> yeah. play a song or two. 
Just give him a mic in the stands. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. You get that, that? I mean, come on. And the crowd sings along. I think there are levels of awesome. Cool. The bull band would probably be awesome. singing along. Come oh, on. now that would be awesome. Me, come on now. Nobody's a Creed. Creed? That, would make, that would make all of us Creed fans. <laughs> I guess. Hey, um, Rod, give me your bullish or BS question before the end of the hour because we ran out of time. But uh, we'll pick yes. up the headlines here. But you had a bullish or BS question based on football, and I believe it's 49ers Cowboys related. It is 49ers Cowboys. It's actually based on a hot take. Hot take. Uh, from one, Gotta have him. Yeah, Rex Ryan had a hot take on Get Up. So I'll just let Rex Ryan give you the hot take and then we can ask is Rex it Ryan, bullish? Rex Ryan, the former head coach and yes. defensive coordinator. Is it bullish or BS? It is. I've told you for years this team stinks. They'll never win again. All right, because I'm telling you, they, they had to run with Brady. When they let him go, I told you they would never win if again. Mac they, they're Jones, not going to. If Mac Jones was in San Francisco, he would be playing like Brock Brady. I actually agree. Oh, I, God, no. Yes, dude. No, there's no chance. I'm actually, no, he'd, he'd be better than he is. But if you think he's going to play like Brock Purdy, Rex. you haven't paid attention to Brock Purdy. Rex. That is a slap in his face. No, it's he's not. not just a, he's not just a system quarterback. Did we, did we pay that guy's attention? playing like Joe Montana, not not Joe Montana, like this guy's playing. <laughs> stop, Dano, stop. Did we pay attention to Mac Jones's rookie year? So that never yes. happened? No, I did. And I even called him a pea shooter then. He did. It, 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 no quarterback is going to be successful in New England. I agree with that part. No quarterback this absolutely, year. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I have to get to a break absolutely here. Absolutely, you're you right. You can both be right. this guy. He, he's, not, he's, not their big, he's not their only problem. He Let's put it that way. Problem. GM Bill Belichick. All right, so they were talking about the Patriots, but also how that yes. related to Mac Jones would be Brock Purdy. I think but that's a slap in the face to Brock they're Purdy. They're basically saying Mac Jones could do what Brock Purdy is doing in that 49er offense. That's basically what they're saying. And by the way, remember, my man Chris Sims, before the draft, he was reporting that Shano was really interested in Mac Jones in, at, in that first round. Remember there was a lot of talk about who they're going to draft? And remember there was a lot of talk that, oh, they really like Mac taken Jones. Him. Was that the tr- that was the year they drafted Trey Lance, right? Yes. They, they could have yeah. taken yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah, exactly. But it was like they really liked Mac Jones. And, but then it's like the organization, or the report was, that the organization, um, the GM, of course, John Lynch, that they actually kind of outvoted Shano and was like, hey, man, no, nah, you don't want to go We Mac want Jones. the dual threat, we want the higher dual, ceiling. That kind of thing, yeah. In which, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who was right. I think they were, everybody was wrong. So it seems like. But I disagree. I think Brock Purdy is showing some special traits. And I don't think Mac Jones has those traits. And mostly it is what Bill Walsh called athletic instincts of your quarterback, which he said kicked in about 15 times a game, where you need your quarterback to get you out of a bad play or you need your quarterback to put his cape on and go out there and make a damn play. Despite the play call or in spite of the really good defense or coverage, your quarterback just goes out there and has that it quality. I don't know if Mac Jones has that. I will say I've seen that in Brock Purdy a few times. I have. I did. And so I think that would be the difference. So I don't think Mac Jones could do it. And it's one of those unanswerable questions because Mac Jones has looked so bad. We talked about Bryce Young last hour, you know, guys not getting open. They they haven't done well finding receivers who get open in New England, right? Uh, Those guys don't break off coverage. You've got to have explosive players that can win one on one coverage and get open. It's, yeah, they're tight windows, but you've got to have some window. Uh, to throw into, and I think Mac Jones' confidence is shot. We know last year they didn't have an offensive coordinator for him. This year it's Bill O'Brien. Oh, and you know Bill um, O'Brien's stock is just plummeting in, from the balance move to this move. Well, and guess what has fallen off for the uh, for the Patriots is their defense isn't good this year. Uh, Matthew Judon got hurt, and um, so now it's a wholesale mess in New England. But as for San Francisco, 
uh, I don't know. I get I get weary of the Brock Purdy bashing. I, he's not a system quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is still playing in this league, making a lot of money. He never looked like that in that system. But every every throw he makes, they're wide open. Yeah, that's, that's like true. I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure I have. That's great scheme. At least against the Cowboys, there wasn't one tough throw he had to make. Well, no, that that is partially the scheme, though. It is partially the scheme. Well, I mean, then why did Garoppolo never look like that in that same scheme? That's he did. He went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he never looked like this. But they didn't have the weapons that they have now. Yeah, they didn't have McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey yeah. The defense was just as good, but they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so Christian cool. McCaffrey has yeah. unlocked that offense, yes. Well, it, but, that's but that's to suggest Joe Montana didn't have unbelievable weapons. Who was right? is Garoppolo's best weapon? Michael Crabtree? Oh, that was Colin Kaepernick. No. Oh, well, they had Debo. It was Debo. They had Debo. Debo was probably the— And Kittle? Yeah, Kittle, too. George yeah. Kittle, Debo uh, yeah. Samuel. Yeah. And look, I mean, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice, John Taylor— you know Tom Rathman and uh, and Roger Craig, uh, and they you know, never started this good. No, uh, they, the, the, <laughs> even Bill Walsh's Niners never had this good of a start where they're scoring at least thirty points in every game in the first five games. Great teams have great players, and great head coaches have great players. And right now, Bill Belichick doesn't have many great players. Uh, I don't care how good of a coach you are. We mentioned the Greg Popovich thing, right? When Tim Duncan retired. You know, he's been 50 games under 500. You can't just coach your way around not having talent, and you yeah. got to have talent. And uh, Bill Belichick had it for a long time and maximized it. Right now he doesn't have That's any. why I, there, there, San Francisco's got a ton of it. There are two coaches, honestly, all-time great. I may actually go into a Raj rant about this if I can find my notes in one of the, in these piles of notes here. Um, the two coaches I've always said that I respected, um, and this is in the modern era of football. I'm sure you can go back prior to that and find other examples that I respected probably more so than any other coaches in the NFL were Bill Parcells and Joe Gibbs because they won Super Bowls without Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And that's really tough to do. Like it's, most, most coaches who win Super Bowls, they, they're associated with a Hall of Fame quarterback or some elite quarterback, but to win multiple Super Bowls and not have a Hall of Fame quarterback with it or reach more, that's hard to do. It is hard to do. And they, they were able to do that. And Joe Gibbs is probably just, I mean, probably the most underrated coach of all time. Well, he had the and, Hogs <laughs> and John Riggins. Right. And, uh, you he had know. Three, what, three different quarterbacks and three he different did. Super Bowls? He did, yeah. Like, how, Doug how, Williams. How do you do that? And yeah. So uh, it is tough to do. So I, I'm, not, I'm not totally going to discredit Bill Belichick's career and his accomplishments, but it's pretty obvious. And you brought it up, uh, E, in, in, in many different areas of sports and many different um, sports at many different levels. When you lose those great players, iconic guys, hard to replace Tim Duncans, the Tom Brady's, the GOATs. Yeah, they don't just, you don't just draft were, another guy. They were they were like coaches of the team yeah. through you, right? And that's yeah. what that's why Brady and Duncan were similar. They they took less money, but they they led by example. They set the example for everybody, and the expectation in the organization makes look. Look, what I think every coach is. Sometimes coaches get knocked for having great teams, but that's what every coach is is in the business for is to build the per. What did Mac Brown say about the 05 team? It was the easiest coaching job he ever had. He's on cruise control because I didn't have to do a lot. <laughs> do it, get out the way. There were a lot harder years where we didn't win all these games. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to build. It's what Kyle Shanahan's been building towards in San Francisco. It shouldn't be a criticism that they have too much good. That's, I mean, yeah, you have to coach it. you got to call plays. But that just makes it all so much easier. We're hoping that Sark can do it. Right. <laughs> where, you know what? It doesn't matter what the coaching is doing. Yes. The talent's so damn good. Talent outweighs all the coaching. Don't matter. You think, I mean, is, is Kirby Smart just some maybe a million times better coach in X's and O's than anybody else? No. He stockpiled great teams and great players. It makes your job easier. That's the, that's the whole goal. Uh, as I say, Bill Walsh is the genius, but you know, it helps to have Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and John Taylor. Uh, that helps. <laughs> Ronnie Lott on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you got to find those players. You got to find and them. And you got to draft those players. Yep. And that's where you give. And the 49ers have done that. 
Yeah. That's basically why they've separated from everybody yeah, else. And it's why I'll never walk to Dallas because Jerry Jones is still picking the players in Dallas and the quarterbacks. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right. Can I get to the quick headlines and then hey, we will man, uh, pick that back up? Let's, Let's get to the news. Top Gun, rentals and lawn equipment. Yeah, well, news from Texas football. Bye week, of course. And now coming out of the bye, the Longhorns know they're going to play at Houston, the Cougars, uh, 21st of October. That was announced yesterday as a 3 o'clock kick, 3 in the afternoon. If you're going to make the trip down, uh, it's a 3 three afternoon game on Fox TV. Our Longhorns' first ever trip into that uh, uh, TDECU football stadium, they call it down there. Uh, nice. Texas has not faced their former Southwest Conference foes since 2002. They will in two weeks. Uh, as for the Longhorns, Steve Sarkeesian was pretty firm yesterday that the goals the Longhorns have set out for still in place. The goals to win the Big 12 championship, they still control their fate to that if they can uh, take this bye week to improve and uh, go, go attack the second half of the season. We went into the season with the goal to be champions, and th- those goals still remain. The two best teams get to go play for a championship, and we control that we got to go handle our business, and we're more than capable of doing that. And so we do talk about big picture, especially during a bye week, so that they can understand the lay of the land. And then we drill back down into what's of importance right now and what do we need to do to, to make sure that we put ourselves in that position down the road. Rock fight of a game on Monday Night Football last night to wrap up week five. It was the Packers at Vegas. Vegas holds them off 17-13. Jordan Love threw three interceptions. Uh, the Raiders took the lead on the final play of the four, first play of the fourth quarter, and the Packers could never mount the comeback. Baseball, what a ball game in Atlanta last night. Playoff baseball at its finest. The Braves rally from 4 nothing down early to come all the way back and beat the Phillies 5-4. to four. How about a uh, two-run homer in the seventh inning for Travis Darno? A two-run homer in the eighth inning for Austin Riley to put them up 5-4, to four, and then an incredible double play as we played earlier to finish it off with a great play in center field and doubled off Bryce Harper at first base. Also last night, a stunning and commanding 2-0 lead now for the Arizona Diamondbacks over the L.A. Dodgers. They won both games in L.A., won it 4-2 to two last night. Snakes have scored nine runs in the first inning of that series so far. Six in the first game, three more last night. They're 4-0 in the postseason. A ALD uh, Divisional Series resumed today and tonight. Astros are in Minnesota at 3.07 today with Christian Javier facing Sonny Gray. That series nodded at 1. And tonight, after 7 o'clock, Rangers looking to go 5-0 and now in the postseason and potentially close out Baltimore in Game 3. Dean Kramer for the O's, Nathan Eovaldi for Texas. You can hear that game right here on the Horn starting with a pregame at 6.30. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have some um, internal angst happening right now. You think so? Well, yeah. CeeDee Lamb apparently was distancing himself from the team. Did you notice this, Ty? Ty's a Cowboys yeah. fan, I'm sure it did. I would be, too, if I was him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, what a team player you are, Ty. Well, no, there was a, like a picture. A picture, obviously, says a thousand words. But it paints, it paints a bad – it puts – Put CD Lamb potentially in a bad light because he is like on the sideline by himself, not with the team. And I and uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about it, and he said he did speak to him about it. And he said, "This is Mike McCarthy's quote, and I like it. I like the quote." Um, comes from Joseph Hoyt. He said, Mike McCarthy said he had a talk with C.D. Lamb about his visible frustrations on the sideline. He said he understood and that he was frustrated too. Quote, if he's not pissed off, then I'm pissed off at him for not being pissed off. End quote. He should feel that way. Amen. Well, I think they all should. <laughs> Look, I mean, the Cowboys begged, so, begged for an opportunity to prove go. themselves, and they, they failed miserably. 
That's that's. I mean, they they wanted this game. They talked about this game. Mm-hmm. They uh, look. I, I think the Cowboys were smart to hitch their wagon to Dan Quinn on the defense and let him be the architect of that defense. Um, but but you know, just say it out loud. Do you you're hitching your success to Mike McCarthy's play calling and Dak Prescott playing quarterback? That just that never felt like a good idea. Nah, it really didn't. But I agree. Uh, you, you had to go along with it because that was the plan, and um, it's you know, and and Tony Pollard is your only running back coming off an injury, coming off a, a broken ankle in the playoff game last January. So you know, again, it's Jerry Jones. The season's not over. Long season. Uh, you know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. But it's not like the Longhorn game where you can find you know specific mistakes that you can correct and you can get that fixed and you should be able to you know gaining a yard with your jumbo package from the goal line that's that's troubling better red zone offense better execution on defense those are things you can fix you can't fix getting dominated well no show a no show is basically what you're talking about especially offensively yeah defensively too i will say that's defense at least they 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 had a couple of successful uh defensive stands early on but for the most part the uh 49ers offense just had their way with the cowboys defense and i'll give you a couple of stats here that show you why c lamb so frustrated he has 18 total targets over the last three games that's total um and he's been held under 55 yards in in the last three each of the last three games, fifty five yards receiving, and Brandon Cooks. This is probably the most troubling stat for the Cowboys, and they hadn't really needed their offense to step up and play a huge role in their victories because they've blown some teams out with defensive dominance and non offensive touchdowns. They've scored. They've scored what four non offensive touchdowns this year. Brandon Cooks has seventy three yards through five games. Oh. Seventy three. That's got to be the slowest start of his career. I haven't looked at it, but it's got to be. How is that possible? Like, you've got to find a better way to weaponize these targets in a pass game. We're talking about C.D. Lamb was a true wide receiver one, and get, Gall, uh, sorry, Brandon Cooks, um, who's been to multiple teams as a true wide receiver one, and now you have both these guys on the same team playing, and you can't seem to weaponize them in a passing game. Brandon Cooks was hurt. Too though. That's true, but still, seventy three is a yeah. It's still bad. I still terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible number. Well, I mean, and I he's always he, hurt. It's probably Brandon Cook's problem. Uh, when you knew that when you traded for him, that he was an injury prone player, and Michael Gallup is still not back to being close to the player he was before his injury. No, and it's two years now removed from it. It is. Oh, and by the way, when you say that that they're not targeting the receivers, that would indicate that uh, if the plan were going anywhere close to form, that the that Tony Pollard would be having a huge season. Yeah, to be running the rock, right? Yeah. Yeah, are they? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Uh, no, it's not happening. No, it's not. Yeah, so uh, right now there's an offensive uh, identity crisis happening with the Cowboys right now. And it's it's multifactorial. Dak's got some of it. Uh, there are injuries on the O-line, so I guess that's maybe the biggest issue with the O-line. But I'm with you. Gallup doesn't look the same. They don't, how, they don't know how to use or weaponize um, CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks in the passing game. I do think he misses uh, – I think he misses his tight end, Dalton Schultz. I think he misses him a little bit. By the way, your man, our guy C.J. Stroud is starting to find that security blanket. Yep. I think they miss him. He missed he him a little bit. He scored the go-ahead touchdown for Houston down in Atlanta. Had a nice game. Yeah, I still don't know what happened there because what the Texans signed him for was not much more than what the Cowboys offered him. So that was like – I don't know. It seemed weird. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, Mike, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's play calling doesn't make sense. It's nonsensical. I think Jake Ferguson's been the best weapon so He's far He's actually been pretty year. good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but I, it, Dak's, not, Dak's not in a groove. Dak doesn't look comfortable. 
And he they keep on talking about his completion percentage because he's completing like 72% of his yeah, passes, but they're all checkdowns. Yeah, yeah, it's checkdowns. And every time he passes the ball down the field, it's almost it's almost an interception or it is an interception. I guess, look, again, yeah. it's not, again, to, to throw it all out. The season is not over. But at no. the same time, this was the plan. The plan was to build around defense. They were talking about the 2000 Ravens. Well, that's 23 years ago. The NFL's going the different, the other direction, <laughs> y'all. You could argue you're zagging while they're zigging, but... You know, what's, what's Mike McDaniel doing? What is Patrick Mahomes? They're, they're building around the offense. And obviously the Cowboys don't have the quarterback that they have, but the the rest of the league is going the other direction. Uh, even the Detroit Lions, who are built with Dan Campbell and toughness, they're one of the best offenses in the league, and they're yeah. one of the more creative offenses in the league with a young yeah. offensive coordinator, and they're physical and want to play great defense. It just, you know, it, it feels like a bad experiment uh, that we that was all revealed uh, on on Sunday, but that's one game. It doesn't one mean game. the season is over. But remember this: Dak Prescott sucks. No, because this is the thing about it, though. And they got rid of Kellen Moore. At least they parted ways with Kellen Moore because they wanted an offense that was more complementary, right? For the for the other phases of the game. That would allow the Cowboys to to win more games and essentially to beat the 49ers in the playoffs. They were a top five to top seven scoring offense every year Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott were together. But remember, it wasn't about points. Even Mike McCarthy said now we're he was obsessed with scoring points. We're obsessed with winning games. And it sounded good. It's one of those things that sounds good, but that doesn't necessarily make sense, but it sounds real good. Like now everybody's scoring points. We're about winning games. And what I've noticed, one of the big complaints about Kellen Moore's offense was that they would throw the ball short of the sticks a lot. And long, and a lot of Cowboys fans are like, man, why do they throw the ball short of the sticks? They should try to run more routes, deeper route combinations to the sticks or past the sticks. And a lot of people criticize Dak. Dak can't make those throws. Dak can't throw vertical downfield. Even Ty just brought it up. Sometimes he struggles, at least in this new Texas Coast offense. Here's a stat. From 2019 to 2022, with Kellen Moore calling plays, Dak Prescott threw short of the sticks 50 0.7% of the time. That was the 60th highest rate among 106 qualified quarterbacks. In 2023, that number's up to 57% of the time they're throwing short of the sticks. Third highest rate among qualified quarterbacks. They're throwing short of the sticks more than they were under Kelly Moore. And that was like the biggest complaints. Like, man, we need an offense that can at least get us the first downs. Um, they're not even doing that. It's it's a very different offense, and I'm not sure if it's different and for a in terms of making it better. I don't know if it's a good thing that it's different because I think right now the differences have regressed, have caused a regression in the offense. Hey, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more about that. We'll also go behind the burn orange curtain with Rod mm-hmm. on the Texas situation, bye week improvements that need to be made. This says, guys, y'all have to remember when Big Mac, Big Mike McCarthy was fired in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers ran him out of town because of his lack of genius when it comes to offensive play calling. That is true. This says, E, how is the Cowboys season not over? If you're not a Super Bowl contender, then your season is over. Cowboys aren't a contender. Wait, I'm a Texans fan. Please don't say that. I know. I mean, you can still enjoy that. the season. That would mean my season. I'd never have a season. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't say that. We'll come back and uh, on Hook'em Up. We'll go behind the BOC. Got off the record before the end of the hour. Stories you probably haven't heard, but you need to hear. Coming back, Hook'em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Tuesday on Hook'em Up, Ian Rod B. 
Rod will take us behind the BOC. Burn Orange Curtain Moore from Sark yesterday. The pretty lengthy and in-depth media conversation. Recapping the 34-30 loss. Uh, mistakes made. Critical errors made in critical junctures. But also the fact that they battled back after uh, after weathering a pretty terrible start. And uh, had a chance to win that game. But uh, then... Made critical mistakes in critical moments. Uh, Sark uh, waxing analytical a bit on this uh, game and what needs to happen to change it. If you look forward, the Longhorns should be heavily favored in every one of their rest of their games this year. Six to go. Uh, and the combined record of the opponents, 18 and 15. Yeah, Your your six remaining opponents have already taken 16 losses, or 15 losses on the year. Uh, so it's not a murderer's row. Uh, Oklahoma actually has the tougher schedule the rest of the way as far as uh, winning teams and teams that they have to play. By the way, Oklahoma, Rod, one of, uh, one of a handful of teams that have covered every Vegas spread this season. Ooh, Sooners are nice. 5-0 and ATS. Nice you know that, Rod? You know that, Ty? I like that. Yeah, I ain't never been on them. Oklahoma, Oregon, and Penn State. <laughs> this is why you're not winning. You mean, come I was saying, you don't want to make— You, you don't want to w- bet on the teams that are winning? Yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I lost a lot of money on Texas. <laughs> yes, that, that's a bad See, idea. You can't be betting with your with your heart, man. The only team six and zero against the spread this season: well, Lafayette, Louisiana, Lafayette. Yeah. We, I think we both. I think we all thought that Texas was going to win. Oh, we at least I win did. that game. Sometimes you stay away from the emotional ones. The rivalry games are emotional. I never ones. bet. I, we we have to make our predictions on the air because it's what we do. But I didn't. I would never actually bet on it. <laughs> Just because you know how crazy that game is, right? Wild stuff happens in that game all the time. Uh, wild, and we watch it again. Yeah, it's a robbery game. It's a robbery game. As I'm saying, wild things happen in that that's game. Why, that's part of the reason why I'm not hurting as bad as I maybe should be about that loss on a Tuesday. Well, think yeah. about it. I mean, I feel you on that. it's a robbery game. Anything yeah. can happen. Mm-hmm. Can, can I give you this on Vegas, too? You know what the Vegas in the NFL this year favorites? It's 37-37-1. Is that a number I just saw? Yeah, no, you're right about that. That's, a, that's I, saw, I saw that number, too. Come on, man. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what, 37, 37, and 1? Let me find this. Like, I, no, I, this right. I saw that number earlier. I'll find it, too, because I saw it, too. I mean, so, but it Texas? Look, look, no, no, no. no, no but favorites NFL overall favorites. in the NFL. Like, NFL. favorites oh, in the NFL, okay, betting-wise. Yeah. Think about this. If you... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For the Longhorns, the line ended up 4-4.5. If the Longhorns execute a good drive from the 35-yard line in, they cover the number. Mm -hmm. And if you bet Texas, you win. They didn't execute it. And instead, they lose by four, which means Oklahoma won't cover the spread. But it's that close in every game. I mean, it just is. I mean, it it, is. the Longhorns, that, despite the rivalry, the, the the imperfections, the mistakes, the bad start, Texas still had a really good chance to cover the game. Yeah, if, if Sark, if yeah, so Sark, <laughs> when he went into the the meeting and talked to all the guys about it, I'm sure he was almost giddy. Like, guys, <laughs> did y'all see? We had no business being in this damn game at right. the end. Of, we had no business leading this game with seventy something seconds up. That's how good y'all are. Y'all are this damn good that y'all can go in the game, have the most penalties you had all, all season long, the most turnovers you had all season long, most penalty yards you had all season long, probably the most missed tackles, no, sorry, second most missed tackles, but the most uh, 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 yardage, most additional yardage allowed after missed tackles all season long. And yet, at the end of that damn game, 
you had a chance to win it twice, actually. Who knows? At the end of the year, this could be the best thing that ever happened to this team. Yeah. It could be. That's a great point. If they grow from it, if, if they, they use grow. it as a true growth mm-hmm. experience, and I think they will, because I remember we lost Oklahoma. It was devastating, but I want to say every time, we went on like a five-game losing streak every time we lost Oklahoma because we were so upset because a lot of it, when you go back and look, you had your chances. It's like, man, you had chances to, if you were to perform, like he says, in critical moments, you would have won that game. And then you realize, hey, man, we just got to get better at performing in critical moments, and you go back to work. You go back to work. Uh, e, you're right, 30 Entering Monday Night Football, underdogs and favorites were evenly split 37 and 37. Plus 37 covers for favorites, plus 37 covers for dogs. There you go. Can we go behind the burn orange curtain? Rod's got more with Sark. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Mm, Yeah. Favorites are actually 37, 37, and 3 on the year. Weird. Uh, but I, I think everybody has trouble figuring out the season football early on, the first month. And then I think I think Vegas really settles in after the first month. They get a gauge on who these teams actually are. Uh, but anyway, I beg you. So get back to some Texas football discussion here. So Sark spoke to the media yesterday, talked about a number of uh, topics about the Texas-Oklahoma game. I'll give him a lot of credit. He was very honest and forthcoming. It's one of the things I love about Sark's uh, press conferences and media availabilities. I'll admit uh, you know, during the Charlie Strong years and some other years, I didn't even listen or watch them because they were just coach speak. It wasn't even a point in it. They were, you get no information, you get no insight. They just would give you. It was just that. It was just no. Who, who, Charlie and who? Charlie sometimes. Tom Herman like that too. Every Tom Herman would just get snippy. Um, but I don't know if he would give you a lot of insight. Mac right? Brown, you, your guy, Mac Brown, used to oh, like dominate would, the press conference. Oh yeah, he he'd would come just out with like all these prepared notes and for the first yeah. fifteen minutes. He filibuster you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just. He would talk about the previous game for like 25, 20 and, minutes. You're like Mac, and we you want to ask some questions here. Yeah, you get like three <laughs> questions in, and jump in, like last one. You're like, what the last one? <laughs> We've been here thirty minutes, guys. What are you talking about? Uh, but Sark's not like that. And I give Sark credit, man. Sark gives you a lot of information, and sometimes maybe too too much information. But I think it's good for us, and it's good for Longhorn fans. You get more educated about your team. Let's talk about the end of the game. You guys know I've been a little critical of Sark's inability to milk the clock on the last offensive drive for uh, Texas, and Sark was asked about. Did he have anything that he would change about that last offensive drive? Here is Steve Sarkeesian. No, I, I would have handled it that, that drive exactly the same. Um, you know, the first down call, we had an RPO called, which, you know, we had been effective with the RPOs during that drive um, and had been really effective all day with them. And, you know, the, their safety did a good job. Quinn kind of got stuck in the middle of pulling the ball, and then the, the window wasn't there for the throw, and we took a sack. And so at that point, now in my mind, where we were really trying to go score and make that the last possession of the game, what I felt like was really important was we got to make sure we get a field goal out of this uh, because we were playing second long football. Um, and so we threw kind of a bubble screen to Xavier, um, which put us in a third and long uh, and then coming off that third and long, I, I knew just where Burt was at. I watched pregame. I knew exactly kind of what we needed to get to. Um, and so the, the yard marker was really critical for us to, to get the lead in the game. Um, you throw a pass, it's incomplete. Now you're out of field goal range. You can't make that kick from there. So predicated on the defense they were out there, I, I wouldn't have changed a thing as it pertained to that drive. And I agree with everything Sark said. And even his explanation, he picks up from the sack. 
He well, that was even, my biggest your moment biggest, of, the, of the drive. Yes, and yeah, what your complaint was was like, man, that right there, that sack was so huge. The lack of execution there that forced you to have to recalibrate what your thought process was in terms of scoring a touchdown or considering the field goal. And by the way, I agree with everything Sark said there and going forward how he had to, you know, like I said, recalibrate, how he had to really switch up his rationale there in terms of what they were, what the goals were of the drive were, touchdown or field goal. He didn't want to be too aggressive and have it blow up in his face. Well, yeah, right, because fans are going to say, well, we would have gotten third and ten. Well, what if you get sacked? Because Quinn was so hot, right? He was like, he was, yeah. right? Well, he only had one, com- and one incompletion, what, in the last, what, 24, 25 yeah, 24 throws? of 25. At that point. But if he throws a pick or if he gets sacked and now you're back out of field goal range and you have to consider punting or going for it on fourth and super long, yeah, all those things have to be in your head. Uh, the one thing you said, or the several things you said yesterday that I really agree with was earlier than that he should have been milking the clock more yes. uh, to, to leave less time. But uh, that is one thing I would you know nitpick with Sark and say, well, you know, there were about four or five plays before that that you could have yeah. milked some clock Took a, a little, little extra time. And by the way, he didn't address that. And so maybe he wasn't thinking about that. But I think if he had it to do over again, I bet Sark would have said, instead of after that Xavier Worthy, what, 11-yard reception, you get that first down that was on second and 10, you get the first down, and then four consecutive plays, you snap the ball with the clock running, with 28 seconds left on the play clock, 28, 27, and 23, that's when Venables, I believe, I don't know if Venables did it, but remember the injury timeout? Yep. I mean, they had an injury timeout there. Then comes a play, and then I believe that's the sack after that, if I'm not mistaken. Then there's a sack, and then they got, I think, another chance after that to milk some more time, and they still snap the ball a little bit early. So there were four or five opportunities to take, I don't know, five to seven to eight maybe even 10 extra seconds off of the play clock, which which would have gave Oklahoma maybe 20, 15 seconds to march down the field instead of 77. And by rewatch, Rod, if you go back and watch that little bubble screen he threw to, to is that X-Man? It was a, it was a, Shoelace tackle from being a big play. Was it right there? Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, he went for three yards, but, man, it's one of those X-Man plays. We've seen him done do it a lot of times yeah. where he shakes that tackle he gets and his he's ba- out the gate. He his balance and, and then he's boom, out the he's gate, gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a safe play, but it, it nearly worked again. And that's the thing. The margins were very slim because, uh, yes, after the sack, you've got to think field position, field goal, don't get knocked out of it, not just going to get the touchdown. And that's why it was not. Uh, it was out of character for Texas. They didn't play complimentary football as they have all year, where one side of the ball picks up the other side if it it doesn't go their way. Yep, and that's why I'm upset with Sark a little bit because that's complimentary football. Thinking about your defense, yes, sir, and them being exposed to Dylan Gabriel's having a hell of a day. And I'll, I'll admit, I've seen the stats up until that drive. Dylan Gabriel, as a passer, actually wasn't necessarily prolific at that time, but as a runner, he had been devastating uh, up, up against Texas. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. In retrospect, everybody has a brilliant idea of how to handle it. Um, I, but I even said the day of the post game with Bobby on, on Texas football, man, I would have milked those four plays prior to that sack. You could have milked easily 30 seconds off of the clock uh, for Oklahoma to have less time. But that's something I think Sarko learned, learned from. That's, that's clock management. That's game management. That's having someone. And I want to know how aware he was of it. Because they go up tempo after they get the – the 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 second and ten reception from X Man, they get first and ten, they go up tempo. So he saw something which I think was the Oklahoma defense which was in a coverage he liked or in an alignment he liked or with a personnel group he liked because they put Key Lawrence at corner and he just started attacking it. And that I get it. 
you got to attack that vulnerability so that you can make sure you get those points on the board. But I and, and even E, you brought up too yesterday, D-line of Oklahoma looked gassed. They had hands on hips. They were standing up. You know, they were breathing. They were su- sucking air. They looked like and they, they looked like they're done for. Sark probably saw that too and thought, let's go. Foot on the gas. I get it. My point was, instead of going 80 miles an hour, how about 55? You know what I mean? Like, because because you can go you can go tempo without going up tempo, and they went up tempo. You were snapping the ball with twenty eight seconds left on the clock. How about just go tempo? Snap it with twenty seconds left on the clock. That's a good point. Behind the burn orange curtain, good stuff from Sark and Rod. We come back. It'll be uh, off the record, including oh boy. Jerry Jones is on the radio this morning in Dallas. Jerry oh, Jones is on the radio yeah. in Dallas. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we'll have to give you an update and try to find some of it. We're coming back. Talk about with Ian Rodby. Off the record on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby is brought to you by Viking Fence. When you think fences, think Viking Fence. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get, I get break the egg comb. Well, congratulations, continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Oh, man, off the record, but actually on the record up in Dallas today, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is doing his weekly radio hit on 105.3 The Fan, the Cowboys flagship, and said, quote, I completely believe we have the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl, and that's the way that's going to be. Dak Prescott sucks. Take that, Ty. Take that, Ty. Dak is the man. That gives me even more more of a reason to give up on the season right there. Maybe the next five years. You know, I've had my issues with Jerry Jones, (laughs) but he can't say anything else right now. I mean, they don't have – we're not moving on to Trey Lance at this point. Uh, He kind of has to say that because it's only five games into the season. Just don't extend him. Just don't extend him. Yeah, that's going to be – I can't wait to Figure out a way to get out of that contract this offseason. But you have to pursue another quarterback to do that. Do they have another quarterback they're pursuing? Is it Trey Lance, their answer? Draft somebody. I don't know. Get Kirk Cousins. At this point, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. They're the same quarterback. You'd have the same issues. (laughs) You really would. Just look at the numbers. Same guy. Uh, Same guy. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with that. It's a pretty valid argument. I've seen the numbers. Kyler Murray? (laughs) Oh. Oh, you might oh. have even more issues with Kyler Murray. Not not the same issues, but you might have even more in terms of off the field. At least Dak off the field and in the locker room. He's considered a great leader. He's a guy that's got good habits, is a professional. That has actually not been confirmed about Kyler Murray. Uh, let's do this. Let's Don't go back that. to 1998 or 99, and let's start with Jerry hiring a general manager and letting that general manager hire a coach and then go from there. Brilliant. Just an idea. Well, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're right about Will that. Will McClay is the closest he's gotten since. He actually does let Will McClay do his job. Will McClay's done a decent job. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. if you go back and you hide, you put the chain of command in place and then let the new GM say, hey, you know what? Dan Quinn probably be a great coach for us. Let's let Dan go. Let's give him a great offensive coordinator. Fire yeah. Mike McCarthy. Go get Lincoln Riley. <laughs> trade for Kyler Murray. Mm. Go get Lincoln Riley. Lincoln trade for Riley. Now that... 
It's a splash. Or trade every pick for the next 10 years for the number one pick and draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> That's probably not happening either. Yeah. Oh, man, the Cowboys are bailing. At least one Cowboy not fan good. is bailing on their season. What do you have an off-the-record run? Uh, okay, did you guys see, I guess this is from sports, sports related from the Cowboys game. I didn't see this when it happened at the time, and, but now it's going viral. Did you guys see what George Kittle did? I did not. When he scored uh, his, one of his touchdowns, he scored three of them. Um, he had a shirt on underneath his jersey, and the shirt just said, F Dallas. Nice. <laughs> and he voted, and now it's going viral. Did he get viral. fined yet? I don't know if he's been fined. I don't think he's been fined he will yet. Be. Will he? That's a, that's a violation that, of the uniform. Uh, Roger code. Goodell definitely had like an aneurysm when that when when he saw that. Because they didn't show it on TV, did they? They yeah. showed it on TV. I didn't see mm-hmm. it. I didn't see it. Oh, they showed it on TV. I saw it. I've seen the pictures yeah. of it. Mike okay. Parsons. I'll, I'll try to find the sound. Dave. Mike Parsons he, did. He addressed what he, it. What he said about it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, that's made, making it personal. That's well. Then it wasn't personal before the game. Well, I'm gonna need. Hey, to he la- wore a T-shirt. He said, "Laugh now, cry later." Uh, Dude, you just had a chance to back up your talk, Micah Parsons. Quit doing your podcast. I know. Come on, man. And he was trading jerseys with Christian McCaffrey after, oh. which all the players do, but it, yeah, it just looks bad when you get your, your butt kicked like that. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that, so it went viral that yeah, he had a shirt on the jersey that said F Dallas. Well, he will get fined. Tyreek Hill got fined for not having socks on. <laughs> like he had the short booty socks. <laughs> speaking of Tyreek Hill, speaking on in his podcast, uh, Tyreek Hill has called on NFL players, says calling all NFL guys to bring one home. Uh, the, he wants to take... The, the fastest NFL guys to the 2028 Summer Olympics to put together an Avengers-like all-star squad and win a gold medal. Does he really think he's faster than all those sprinters? I know. Well, no, I think he's talking about flag football. They have flag football in the Olympics? Yeah, flag football. Yeah, he's talking about flag, yeah, flag football. football. Yeah, he wants to play flag yeah. football. Well, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been well, proposed to flag the, football the, and cricket for the Olympics of 2028. Yeah, they like it's like they when they propose like the new sports or whatever new competitions. They've it's not a done to, deal yet. Flag they, they've football. been trying to push it for. They've been trying to push it for twenty years though, and it has not. No, it's not taking off. The NFL is behind it though. The NFL because the NFL wants more international presence, and they can't get real football as an international presence. That. So yeah, it's, unless they maybe have some ladies playing. What they play flag? They have flag football high school. You wouldn't leagues. watch the Cheetah and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase out there playing what? for Co- USA, USA cooking guys. From yeah, like Poland? It, would, it would it would be so boring, no e, because those those other countries can hang with. Hey, it can hang hey, with American I watched the uh, the Dream Team. What were they doing to people? Well, because basketball is an international sport. Football is not. Oh, I know. And I'd watch it though. I'd watch that thing. Uh, I'll probably watch it, but I, I can see what Ty's saying. It'd be a, it'd be just a bludgeoning. I think they should let the ladies play flag football. And that was back. The dream team was back before basketball was such an international sport, and they were like dunking on dudes and oh yeah, they'd be nuts kind of, in the yeah. face. And come on, they, yeah. they were dunking on Polish dudes. Yeah, they were sacking people and not <laughs> quarterback sacks. Correct. Hey Rod, <laughs> I got this for you right here. No, oh, you got another. You your turn. No, no, no. You go ahead. I got a new study in Sweden. Is you're a new father. Your your little baby's uh, two weeks old now. Yes, sir. Uh, The increasing emphasis on paternity leave can have lots of benefits. A study out of Sweden say men who take leave when their children are born are more likely to have better relationships with their children and their partner and a boost to their mental health. Also this, according to the study, paternity leave keeps men from drinking too much. Yes, Rod. New study. With less to do, you think you'd be drinking. (laughs) According to the research, their their thesis is that the idea that because if you spend you know if you spend more time at home, taking the leave, not going to work, you're not struggling simultaneously trying to juggle work and parenting, and less likely to run to the bar to have a drink. Mm, Yeah, I guess it depends. It depends on the personality. I think that's right. It it really does because. 
I I took like a week off, then came back, and like my wife was trying to get, kick me kick out. Kick me out because mom is there and get out of the way. Because I couldn't do anything. It would just be a hype man. She's like, I don't need I'm you done here. with just, your hype. Yeah. yeah but how about you. this, though? Sweden is not <laughs> the United States. Sweden is a very small country. Parents can use up to 480 days of job-protected leave together. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we have some of like the worst maternity, paternity leave. 390 days are reimbursed at around 80% of full salary. Yeah. Other uh, 90% are paid at a universal flat rate. Americans so, have some of the worst maternity paternity leave in the world. It's a year and a half, Rod. Yeah. And yeah, they don't yeah. work over there. No, but, I mean, Tatis, like Comparing said, anything like, to yeah. any of those that we do to any of those Scandinavian countries, it's just like, that, that's just not even possible here. No, it's not. Now, we could do better uh, we in a lot of ways, better. but uh, yeah. you know, there's only 10 million people in all of Sweden. Yeah. So, and like, talking like it sounds Dallas. Like, it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> It's really hard to pull off, and it is and on like, the scale. They're like six five white blonde people. It's <laughs> a little general, but okay. What are you uh, trying to are. say? I, I wonder how many black people live over there in those countries. I, I would know. love to see the. I mean, numbers. Well, who who was the rapper like that went over there that got arrested? Was that Travis Scott? There was no yeah. ASAP Rocky. Oh, I think you're right about that. By the way, John Jerry yeah. Jones was to it wrap drug up. Stuff? Drug yeah, I got stuff. a fight. Oh wow. Jerry Jones, to wrap up off the record, uh, when asked about Mike McCarthy giving up play calling duties already to Brian Schottenheimer, said, no way in any way. No. Well, yeah, because no. he wants Mike McCarthy to go down with this ship, so he'll have a reason to fire Mike McCarthy at the end of the year and be like, yeah, you're an incompetent play caller. We can't keep you. And we'll just give your gig to Dan Quinn or bring up Lincoln Rally or something else. Lincoln Rally. I don't think Mike McCarthy's going to be here long, guys, because they're not going to beat the 49ers. And when they don't beat the 49ers in the divisional round, Who's going to pay the price for that? When we come back, we've got two more hours of conversation to go. Five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up. Uh, we will get another Rod's rant. Rod was passionate about you Longhorn fans blaming refs and calls and any other reason the Longhorns lost that game on Saturday. Their own doing. We'll talk about it. Plus, uh, Cowboys, how do you pick up the pieces after that destruction? Jerry Jones talking on the radio. Stay confident. Stay the course. And that was humiliating. We'll pick it all up. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Hey everyone, you know we love all the texts you guys send us. So we want to tell you about our new Horn text line number. Make sure you save the new number, 512-447-3776, to keep sending us all of your comments, questions, and more. We're always trying to find the best way to connect with y'all. So make sure to remember the new number, 512-447-3776. It's 512-447-3776. And thanks for listening to The Horn.